came up and I told him, like, bro, you know you can't do that shit. That's crazy. I don't know why you was trying to play that game. Hold on real quick. Uh, yeah. Uh, party or two, please. Yeah, I'm like, bro, you gotta get this shit together. This ain't the place, the time. Welcome back to the Stew Chef, guys. We're excited to have you. Those sonically dining with us for the first time, we're here about food, music, cannabis culture, and just about whatever else we want to talk about and fill the time with as we cook up delicious morsels for your ear holes. <laughs> I can't say for certain, but I don't recall ever going to Ringling Brothers' greatest show on earth. However, you never forget your first universal circus, baby. My first time was just as exciting as it was captivating, and it didn't hurt to see people like me versus all their Anglo-Saxon counterparts that the cartoons I was raised on made me believe. Still, when it comes down to it, the circus has been, and will always be, my favorite pastime. That being said, on today's course, we chop it up with professional stairwell performer Jarrell Wallace, also known as B-Boy Mango. Jarrell was one of the first interesting people I met when I came to Charlotte, and not only has he remained extremely talented, but also a friend to call when you're in the process of getting a podcast off the ground. Also returning tableside is local chef and caucus ally, John Daly, who takes us through nostalgia and music, comes to the aid of performers obsessed with their ballet teachers, and shares his love for Broadway musicals as a New York native. The placements are set, the silverware arranged, and the waiter has filled your water glass. Let's get into the meal, full course style. It's the stew chef. everybody listening actually who starts a podcast with greetings i'm not 70 i'm only 30 i'm a 30 year old black man in the hood there's not, no need for me to like hug my fellow individuals <laughs> <laughs> now nah, this is once again another exciting episode of the stew chef podcast it's your boy retro i'm joined with my host Tone, I'm in the building. Tone's in the building. We got John Dizzle. John Daly is in the building. What's up, yo? And of course, I'm also glad to introduce my good friend, very talented individual, um, someone who really pays attention to their form physically because that's what demands of him as not only an amazing b-boy dancer, a uh, great capoeira artist, but also a stylist, seer, will trickster. And we're going to get a little bit into that with my man, Jarrell Wall. This AKA B Boy Mango. How you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good. It's a day. <laughs> I feel you. It's, it's good to have you on, man. And uh, you're our first Zoom interview. It's cool because we're not doing video anyway, but uh, you know, we're, yeah. we're just in case people are like, oh, he sounds like he's not in the room. That's because he's not in the room, people, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> we're here to have good conversation, good times, and everything like that. Uh, shoot. Tone, what's new in the hood today, man? Um, you know, I got some treats going. Gonna do some popsicles, uh, some juices, some fresh squeezed lemonade juices. You know, try to do some blueberry muffins in the next couple of days. I'm mad that we aren't a, 
earn a visual podcast because I'm yeah. over here doing the Shaq yeah, yeah, face I, I with that. It. Like, ooh. <laughs> oh, man, shoot. Yeah. Um, I know we don't always keep up with what's going on in the time, but in this era of time that we're in, shoot, we've had a lot of good music come out. Shoot, Kendrick Lamar finally Kendrick dropped. was, oh my God, just this. Uh, oh my goodness. John, you look like an avid Kendrick Lamar listener, a big fan of his. Have you had a chance to... Nah, I don't... <laughs> it's definitely one for, uh, one you like, you could definitely play for your kids, though, for I sure. I generally listen to music from 10 years ago. Most yeah, or the radio because his kids make him listen to that. So he was oh, that's a very crazy. avid listener of Old Town Road. I mean, we still listen to vinyls and tapes, nice and CDs and shit. That's what we're doing. It's it's it. I realize they're still selling tape players at like it blows my mind at the same prices that tape players were sold back. Which in the is day. also like, crazy to me. Like I saw Boombox for like a hundred and thirty dollars. Like, like what? Are you even making tapes for this? Like what am I gonna do with this Boombox? That, that doesn't make Dude, any sense. I would tapes. love to see someone just walking down the street with a Boombox on their shoulder, like the oh ghetto like, blaster, just like with the mixer. It, yeah. Man, now they're like roller skating. That's it. <laughs> with the boombox in their back pocket. And I'm just like, what is like, all right, cool. Like the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Just all mashed <laughs> into one moment. Like, boombox, talk to top, cut yeah, shirt with the blind shades and yeah, short shirts. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. Roller skating down. It's the future just 80s music. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Speaking of music, I remember um, uh, turning it over to you, Jarrell. Like, I uh, remember. When I first got to see you like perform doing Searwell, and I'll let mm-hmm. you talk to a lot of the people about you know that experience or whatnot, but I think you were dancing, you were not dancing, you were performing the classical music, which I thought was crazy. It was like you were doing ballet, but you were also like a human quarter spinning around. <laughs> um, when it when it's come, because I know like with you being someone who's really full on movement, like that's a big part of like your. Your, your your career um, when it comes yeah. to like music like what are the types of music that gets you into like you know just working out or even like just performing to like what are you what are you well, listening to what are you performing to wow that is instead like alright so I, I would like to start with like music to me is like super intimate right right um, so I will say it depends on what I'm doing so like you say when I do sir I like doing classical um, and funny that you mentioned ballet because, like, when I first started doing Syria, I was just like, okay, I have to learn ballet because a lot of Syria real artists that I was looking up to, like Charlie Wheeler, Christopher Thomas, their originally was B-Boy. And you can see through their movement that they do on the Syria wheel that they uh, come from a B-Boy background. Now, you know, I wanted to be different. So I started taking ballet. Uh, I have a ballet teacher named Miss Catherine Hart, and, like, People pick on me, but she is, you know, that lady is an amazing lady. She's really, I tell people, like, she changed my life, changed my perspective as an artist and as a person. Uh, so definitely classicals, but, you know, also, like, I do capoeira, so I listen to, like, a lot of capoeira music. What, wait, wait, uh, I like, a quick question. What if I'm doing, like, you, you know, stretching, I would like to listen to Lafayette Hop, Lafayette Hip Hop. Okay, it's super chill. It's a super chill vibe. Um, I also listen to rock and roll. Um, right, well, it was anything. Not bad. Uh, my fire uh, mean to cut you off. Oh, uh, did you hear oh, what no, uh, no, John no. was asking? He was like, what are people even picking on you about? You said people picking on you. What are they picking on you about? 
oh, uh, pick it on me. Well, for doing ballet what, or about for the ballet? having diversity in your musical taste, like what are they picking on you about? That's some shit. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, there's a lot of uh, athletes who've had to take like ballet just to improve uh, their form. A lot of football players. A lot of football players do that, which is of course like the not toxic masculine of sports, but you know, it's definitely fairly there. Well, they would not pick it on me about like you know doing ballet. It's just that you know I have like this huge amount of admiration for you know this old white lady that taught me ballet. <laughs> like, I used to jump around and tell uh, all my friends, you know, if I was like fifty years younger, I would so, marry. So basically, people suck because like she is just an amazing yeah. woman, you know. <laughs> So and people make fun of me about that relationship. Yeah. No, I get it. That's nah, man. That's the thing, though. You gotta have appreciation for your teachers, man. Like we, yeah, we're nothing without being taught. Too. You should yeah. show that respect. Too. For sure, man. Especially if she got you doing some things that they can't even do, like yeah. freaking from starting from like head spins to literally spinning on your head inside a giant <laughs> metal hoop. It's like yeah. that's yeah, crazy. So when I used to be at CP, like I used to get in trouble for doing syrup will a lot. Like I would just walk up the street, and I had like you know, you know, it's been an interesting journey because like now like I'm at work, I'm working at CP now, so like a lot of people don't notice. You know, I used to be homeless. I used to sleep in or at CP, mm. not on homeless. So going from being homeless to getting kicked, I like this is crazy. Like I put on like probation. I almost got kicked out of college for breakdancing. And, um, you know, I met my ballet teacher at CP. And now I got a job at CP. And, like, my boss is the coolest. He don't care. Like, I breakdance and do anything. Oh, yeah. For <laughs> like, sure, a, dude. You, know, you found your yeah, CP is a good college. You know, like, really? It, it, yeah, full circle as you was... No, no pun intended, right? <laughs> 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 no, nah, that's great that it's, it's come back to a point where it's yeah. like, even though it was hard for you to establish yourself in a place that gave you a lot, like now you're able, you're in a position to pretty much give back. And that's amazing. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's, that's, that's the goal. <laughs> right, dude. So, uh, one of the coolest things about you isn't the fact that you have such admiration for this white lady who taught you how to get better at your form, but I think is your, I won't say borderline obsession, but your fascination with the fruit, the mango. Like, how long, how oh long has that God. been a thing, dude? Like, you've been, like, wow. secretly in love with me. I, I love it, though. That's why they call you B-Boy Mango, like, or Mang 10. Like, okay. that's... Yo, oh, my God. It's, you know... All right, I got a funny story about that. Like, yo, so my ex-girlfriend got me because she used to use mango body wash. Mm. Mm. It's, yeah, it, it's, like, it's like, it's like, it's like, really, it's like, really, like, really hell yeah. Else, you know? like, oh, but uh, my fascination with mango came when I was like 16. And that's the first time I ate a mango. I remember that's the me. day like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I went to like a, you know, a Latino store. And I was just like, I want to try something new. And then... I looked, I was like, oh, what is this strange fruit that is, like, green and red? Oh, it's a mango. Let me try it. And instantly, I fell in love. I was like, oh, my God, what is this? It's sweet, but yet tangy. <laughs> like, and, yeah, no, I, and then ever since then, I really do enjoy mangoes. Like, if somebody buy me mangoes, I will be appreciative. <laughs> Very indigenous. Mango, mango greens, it don't even matter. Yes. Well, it kind of do matter with the drink because I don't like, like, 
artificial, artificial, yeah, labor. like mucho mango Arizona's aren't aren't where it's at. Yeah. I mean, they're good when they're good, but they're not. Have you ever had mango sauce or mango chutney for your tacos? I tried that and I think that's when my world was opened up to mango. Like, I know it as a sweet flavor. Yeah, but on a savory tip, man, that's crazy. Not, I think I had it with shrimp tacos before, uh, yeah, um, and I also like that it's you know it's go good with chili. Like you know the chili flakes, for a little bit of lime juice. Like, yeah, I, don't know, I just you know it's just you're, I don't you're know, a I fan of like mangoes. I'm, I'm it's just so unique right because now. it's like and also like <laughs> real, like a lot of like black right people now. don't really <laughs> eat like foreign fruits. They was like apple, grape, banana. <laughs> yeah, but I haven't met too many like it was like oh I love mangoes. <laughs> You gotta go to Florida yeah. or Jamaica. That's all they eat there. Yeah, Jamaica. it's Florida and Jamaica. Well, Jamaica yeah, has uh, an insane amount of rum cake as well. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's, delicious. It's a lot of rum out there. It's yeah, a lot of rum. Right? I mean, no, for sure. Rum. Like I went to Ocho's Rios recently, and it was uh, it was one of <laughs> it was one of those things where like when you get off the boat or when the boat's pulling up to shore, I swear in the back of my head I could hear like. Um, uh, a reggae version yeah. of um, Curtis Mayfield's Pushing Man playing because all they did was hustle as soon as we got off the boat onto the port it was like yo let me take you here let me take you there we got into this one van with this guy and it sounds um, terrifying by it, the way <laughs> so we jumped in a van quite, with a quite equally <laughs> terrifying as much as it was just like astonishing dude selling weed straight to the uh, my girlfriend's sister who was with us like she was like trying to find, find some dude just pulled it right out of his uh <laughs> right out of the glove box right yeah yeah it's pretty normal out there they're not doing super just normal stuff ape all the coke in my pocket and be like 40 bucks and i was like no dude you're scaring me <laughs> no, i don't even know that quality you gave him that 40 dollars didn't you but no i gave it back i was nervous i didn't know what the fuck was gonna happen i would like i same thing i saw some rest of the time but i was just like I'm, i don't know what to do they they they're out there hustling hard, getting it in. Uh, <laughs> but um, so yeah. To weed, nah. <laughs> I mean, literally, like <clears throat> selling, like chill, lady. Like my mama right next to me. If she wasn't, I'd probably like twenty five dollars, and you got a deal. <laughs> yeah, when I go yeah. to Jamaica, my mom's like, "Do you need some weed?" Uh, yeah, she's like, all right, let me go talk to someone. Tell them. I'm like, yeah, go do that. Go they go gotta on. go far there everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that literally. That's like, shoot, let me. I think I got this video of like we were coming from down the mountain, which that was a scary drive, and um, dude, drives are scary drives. Very sorry, very. <laughs> but there was a guy. We can go ninety on this curvy dirt road where there's a lot of goats. Everybody's got whatever they want to do to in order to uh, is that Ocho? No, no, that's Ocho. Camera, dude was flipping in the street, and the guy held up the van to make sure we watched him flip. Then he tried to hold us up to get a tip, and I'm just like, that's not how this works, dude. That is how it works, man. No, that is how it works, dude. Like, somebody gave him a tip. Now the thing was, I was just like joking about it, like, oh, he's flipping. I didn't even. This is the second time he did it. The first time I was like, I didn't even see the video. I mean, get a video of it. So then he stops, and then like right when he pulls up to the car right there, there is, we're just there for like literally forty-seven seconds. That's just, like, like street performer in Jamaica, sir. Like, look at this. Going tip. 
Like, man, I want some money. Like, ain't got time for that. For real. Oh, man. Well, look, we're going to go to break real quick, get some bills paid, some new sponsors we just dropped in. But uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little more about the circus arts with my man, Jarrell. We got John Daly in here, Tones, you know, Flying Fried. And it's your boy, Retro. This is the Stew Chef, guys. I let it go for like four seconds just to be on the. Alright, cool. Now we're back from commercial break or sponsorship break or bathroom breaks. Wherever, it, wherever you guys were, you're back with us here at Stu Chef. And we're just cooking up a possibility of wonderment and education and all sorts of. See, I'm really trying to go for that like. Box, cereal box office like feel here you know what I'm saying like we're, we're destined for big things so if I start with like not my white voice but my strong I voice see, I don't know I think the big things are gonna come from it's all about showmanship when you hit me with the greetings I was like what's happening or like uh, what his character said uh, Samuel Jackson's character from Django said it's like it's all about pan ass when he was talking about panache <laughs> like he's got panache <laughs> like what like yeah he's got some of that pan ass like what uh, but if you guys are just tuning back with us it's uh, your boy Retro I'm here joined with Tone one of the best and highest uh, co-hosts of the <laughs> North Charlotte area. And then, of course, we got our good man, John Daly. Yep. And Jarrell Wallace is joining us, a.k.a. B-Boy Mango. And before we went on break, we were definitely talking about the circus arts, which you happen to be a performer in. And you were saying, you know, how you uh, learned some ballet to get your form right. You went from break dancing, and now you're pretty much, like I said, a human quarter. How did that, uh, when was that a decision of all the things, like, to be like, okay, not only am I going to um, get into the circus arts, I'm going to find a place to be, and then this is what I want to do within the arts. Oh my God! You know what? It, it was like crazy. So, before I even started like doing like circus, I was a b boy, and then you know I don't know. I was just one day. I actually wasn't going to be an artist for a while because um, I don't know. I was twenty five. Yeah, twenty five, and I was just like you know I felt my life wasn't going nowhere, but I still like to dance. And I I did a, a show for another circus called Caroline and Caloose. Uh, I was a b boy. And that show, but then I saw Searwheel. I saw it for the first time. I was just like, oh, what the fuck is that? I got to do this. So I started, like, instantly I started talking to the person who hired the guy from Atlanta. And he was like, oh, this is what it's called. This is blah, blah, blah. And I instantly started looking it up and, like, yo, like, Searwheel's, like, I, people don't know it's super expensive. And like, I'll look at the press like, oh, shit, I can't afford this. And, like, then afterward, I met this guy named Carlos. Um... He was just like, hey, I'm starting a circus company to see how, like, hip-hop and, um, or people from, not just hip-hop, from different areas of bands translate to circus. And he said, I'm like, well, and that the case, he was like, because my friend Brandon, he was like, I want to be a, you know, do flips, I want to be an acrobat. I was like, I want to do the wheel. That's what I want to do. Yes. Uh, and, um, two things. Shout out to Carlos, because uh, yeah. I've met Carlos and I've met Brandon. Brandon, who's a... Uh, not only a dope break dancer that I met too. I met both of y'all around the same time. I think. Yeah. Um, what's the spot that used to do the uh, the dance parties? Uh, Snug Harbor. Snug Harbor. Yeah, on oh, Nocturnal yeah, from Monday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I remember Snug Harbor. Wow, yeah, I can't remember <laughs> Snug Harbor. That's not awesome. Yeah, but uh, my man does the. Uh, is what do you call the yo-yos that he does? Are those Chinese yo-yos or? Chinese yo-yo is yeah. another name, and then Diablo. He also juggles. Yeah. Uh, he he, t- you know, Brandon can do Sierra as well. He can do Sierra. We all started together. He just branched once out. Once started learning to, how, yeah. yeah. Once he started learning how to go upside down, he was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going upside down. Ah. <laughs> but you know, know how to do Sierra. Most people don't know that. He will never say it. I'll always say it for him. But but you know, it, so it, it was an instant journey. Like um. So, yeah, it's uh, so that's what got me started in series, and then um, I don't know. Recently, like I decided, I think me and Nova said we kind of parted ways. Mm-hmm. You know, just do you know, just was you know, yeah, this happened. Time to move on. Yeah, chapters yeah, come know. to a close without it always being like yeah. fuck you and fuck you too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's understandable. And shout out to them because, like I said, um, I think one of the cool things. For me, was uh, just seeing you and in that group was like cool because it was the first time that I saw uh, shoot up like a black circus performer outside of the Universal Soul Circus. You know what yeah. I mean? But someone who's like I met who was grinding in one element, then switched to this other element, got really good in. Then there was a group that I didn't even know existed that was able to you know what I'm saying shed some light. So. I mean, we don't always have to be like Kelly Clarkson and take American Idol out of our bios, you know what I'm saying? It's okay to (laughs) pay homage to the people who helped us, and then, you know, when it's time to move on, just keep going, yeah. It's actually cool because, like, you know, I think, you know, they got, like, a new cast. Um, They did, like, you know, the old cast. It's it's a weird time, you know, because, like, the old, the cast that you met, like, we are trying to, you know, start, like, a collective Mm. I think um, with Nova said they wanted to go in one direction we want to go into another direction and um, you know our collective is called like the Red Circus uh, Collective and like you know we really want to focus on um, you know giving back to the community um, because like you say you don't see too many blacks or Latinos or Asian in the circus or, you know, in the performing art world. And then, you know, I'm going to be honest because, like, I'm very, like, direct. But, you know, I have had my bout with racism in the circuit during the performance art world. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, sure. you know. I mean, it's it's not better, really, you know, I can't but even... it only get better when people are brave enough to speak out. and Yeah, um, and take some form of stance on it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. shoot, there's, it's, just, it's part of, uh, it's part of, uh, the day to day, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's they hate us because they ain't us. <laughs> well, that, and then, you know, a lot of it is mis um, education. You know, a lot of time, you know, I think as I grew as an artist, I grew as a person, and I used to hold, you know, I'm still working on I used to hold a lot of resentment to, you know, other white artists, but then I realized, like, okay, well, it's not an excuse, but like, some of them really do want to help but they can't you know a lot of artists come with egos yeah so it's like you know i think sometimes it's hard for them to let go of that ego and like i'm just saying for me i'm just like yo man like you know i'm just like what the fuck man you should know better for real but i i will say that like um so shout out to like black black matter um because you know a lot of people look at it like you know just on the search's level for, you know, protecting us against the police. 
standing up for injustice, but it also, you know, helped on the business aspect of things. And it's forced change, even inside the circus world. People don't know that uh, when George Floyd, um, you know, met his untimely demise, a lot of circus uh, companies start reaching out to black artists. Um, which I have my own feelings about that. I'm like, yes, it's cool that you, you know, you highlighted us, but also give us jobs, give us a source of, you know, give us a source of power. Don't just like, don't just reach out to us to show that you're in there with the show. You also like give us a source of power and let our voice be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a it's a start because you know because of George Floyd and because of Black Lives Matter, it's opened that dialogue. Uh, about racism in circus. And, you know, the fact that circus do have a racist past, most people don't know that. They used to steal black uh, black slave and they used to make use a performance them in show. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and it's like Ashley's trying to, you know, make circus um, more accessible. Ashley did an interview uh, with Brown University, which is crazy to me. It's like an Ivy League school talking to me, and, you know, I was a little. Like, you know, like, what the fuck? How, how do y'all find me? But, you know, we did talk about, you know, certain aspect, you know, some of my experience with race open circuit, what we can do to make it better. And one of that, you know, for me is like building an infrastructure because like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure most of y'all grew up in the hood. How many times y'all see somebody who is like crazy at tumbling? Yeah, just really like extremely talented, but you just don't have the resources. Well, to that that kind of plays into my, my next question. Know, they don't have the guidance. Yeah, you know, and like recently, you know, I started coaching at um, Mountain Island uh, Charter School. It's a nice school. It's a that really nice question. school. Okay. Um, <laughs> that guy who is um, the owner of well, I worked with him. He started the circus program at that school. Um, it, he is really nice, um, and like they got better equipment than they do in CP. This is a really nice school, mm. but you know, I really see on a firsthand basis how like circus can change a kid's life. You know, give them confidence. They it give them discipline. You know, it teaches them how to. You know, people don't think about it, but circus is a team sport. Like one of the little girls, she she like I was taking her. I was like, circus is not a sport. She was like, it's a sport. And I'm like, okay, but I can see how it's a sport. <laughs> like gymnastic. But, you know, it is a team sport, and they all push each other in. Like, I always say that, you know, I'm you know, I'm proud of my kids. You know, two of them are going to college. They all saw them do their last performance, and, like, you know, I almost shed a tear because, you know, <laughs> they've grown so much as a person and as a performer and, like, seeing somebody grow that way. But at the same time, you know, it's nice, you know, because, you know, my class, they predominantly white. And I'm glad I'm able to help them, but you know, I wanna go back to like the you know, the not so fancy part of Charlotte. Right, right, right. And build an uh, infrastructure because like I'm really big, you know, like I said, a lot of people were talking about, oh, you know, how can we get more blacks in circus? I'm like, you know, instead of just pulling one and keep two kids out the hood to do circus, we gotta build an infrastructure to get more people into place. the circus. Now, Say that again. How long have you been uh been teaching? I'm sorry, I, I couldn't hear you. Uh, he said, "How long have you been teaching?" I'm, uh, I just recently started teaching kids for about like less than a year. Like I, I was teaching like adults, like on and off for like um, I don't know about two years. Like a lot of people don't want to pay for zero private because they're kind of expensive, like seventy five dollars an hour. Well, 
Like, that's I mean, shoot, that's, yeah, that's, that's a fair rate. That's a service, that not, a, a service to a talent that not a lot of people can't even hang, especially when you're talking about getting ready to go upside down and do your, your uh, yeah. those type of things. So, yeah, you, you got to pay. Shoot, it makes sense. Well, yeah. another question is, like, so... For, like, me, when I'm heard about the circus, my first initial thought is, you know, like, the old school big top with the clowns and all that stupid shit. Or, you know, the the stuff you get out of Hollywood, Cirque du Soleil. So, like, how would, you know, if you were in one of these uh, more urban areas, we can say, how would you, uh, you know, how would you go about finding this kind of environment? Um, well, I, I'm going to speak from it from, like, a black perspective. Um, you know... I didn't know I had this talent until I was 25, but most kids are in gymnastics at the age of, like, four. Yeah. So a lot of people transform from gymnastics to, like, circus. For a lot of, black like, gymnastics is extremely expensive. And then, too, like you say, you don't see too many black people in circus. And if they are, they're not doing it at a high level. Um, I would say how to one go to the circuit it's kind of hard especially in charlotte because there's not a large circus person it's just um putting yourself out there instagram youtube finding a place to train with his shoes mm-hmm. and like you know a lot of time to train circuit is expensive like you know i have paid like 80 dollars to learn how to do seer wheel lessons and learn how to do like i'll pay 80 dollars just to learn one trick so it's just mm-hmm. um as far as like being black, um, I can't tell you what. Nah, I just kind of lucked out, but I do know what would help make it better for more black to have access to not just circus but art in general is just build that infrastructure and giving them the resources. Um, me and my friends, we are trying to work on TCM McClintock Middle School. Okay. And like you know. Um, so I've been working with an academy called DeLorean Academy and um, you know it's a guy named Mike DeLorean Academy is a non-profit he actually would teach in um, photography at like you know underprivileged schools and then he was just like how can I get an artist to go inside like a school system and they might not know like the non-profit side of things so I've been learning a lot about non-profit LLCs 1099s, you know, the business aspect right. of, of entertainment that oftentimes, you know, have you, even with, like, hip-hop, the the, the the genre that y'all are in, like, how many times you look at, like, VM, VH1 and you see, like, a, a young black artist get screwed over by the contract? Oh, it's, 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 it's frequently. I mean, it's very yeah. rare that you even see that artist in the first place because of the type of platforms that we have, but even the fact yeah. that, like, the industry itself is really built on screwing people over. Yeah, I feel you on that one, though. Um, so it's the same in circus, but, you know, I took some heavy hits, but also, you know, I also learned, you know, about exploitation and the same thing, you know. I think as long as we have other young black art artists going back and teaching, you know, the next generation about, you know, finances, contracts, um, because, like, I have seen people get screwed over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not even a white or black thing. I have seen kids get screwed over. I have seen performers get screwed over because, you know, they didn't know the business side of being an artist. And that's sad to say. But, you know, like I said, you know, the biggest thing I'll always preach is infrastructure, even from, like, you know, financial literacy, um, 
because I'll be honest, while growing up, no black artists came to my school. Yeah. Nobody black in the community came to to our school. And, you know, it's up to, like, people in our generation to change that, you know, that narrative. You know, we can't complain about the next generation when we don't do nothing to to help them out, to guide them, you know? Right, right. It's all about, uh, in, in, in the most cliche of the way, but not even speaking out of cliche, it's, it's really about being the change that you want to see. You know yes. what I'm saying? Looking yeah. at that representation at a young age. Very Gandhi of you. <laughs> Thank you. We're looking at that representation from an early age and just letting that stick with you enough to try and evoke some type of change. Yeah, it it really does. Like I know it sounds cliche, but it's really, you know, you'll be surprised at how you would change somebody. Um, you know, I'll talk to this one of my friends. It was just like you don't understand how many times a teacher or a mentor changed my life. And you won't know it. Like as a mentor, it's crazy that you would not know, you know, what impact you have on a kid's life, or as a coach, what impact you have on that kid's life. Thanks again to Jarrell Wallace for stopping by in the studio. If you loved him just as much as we did here. Please make sure to go follow and support. That's Jarrell Wallace on Facebook. B-Boy Main 10 on Instagram. Also, check out the Lorraine Academy as they collab with Jarrell in the creation of a local circus club offered to Title I schools. For more information on how you can help, please visit LorraineAcademy.GivingFuel.com slash WCHS Circus Club. The cookup is on the way. Welcome back to the Stew Chef Podcast. You're here with us, and we're here with you. Appreciate it. This is the cookup. Now, um, I don't got it in my ears. Okay. Oh, you don't. Let's get that. Let's get that. Boom, boom. What about now? Turn my headphones up. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me get a little more of my headphones. <laughs> I don't got no snare in my headphones. I need more snare. Need more, <laughs> need more snare. Oh, I got my kit, though. Need more snare. Now, that was, uh, again, that was my boy, B-Boy Mangton, a.k.a. Jarrell Wallace, uh, teaches circus arts. Um, he's been quite a performer, like just that dude kills it. Like I've seen him kill it in breakdancing. Then a few years later, I saw him getting good at Searwell, and it's just been off to the races from there. Man, shit been crazy. But uh, I legit had to look up Stairwell when you said it. You said it so casually, I felt like like I everybody know. should. Like, yeah. I didn't even want to ask. He was like, "Yeah, he stairwheels." I was like, "Oh yeah." I was over here on, on fucking Google. <laughs> yeah. Stairwell. I'm like, I never. And I was like, holy shit, they just spin his ass around. And I'm like, no, he's spinning himself around. Yeah, like, dude, thought, look, literally look like a quarter. In my quarter. mind, someone just ran out and just gave him a fucking whirl. I'm like, all right. This like, is, he was a top. Yeah, you know what I mean? But now, he was, I was watching this shit, and I was like, god damn. Like, this, it definitely doesn't look easy. But like I said, it's just some things that, like, I feel like culturally, you're just not going to get. Like, you're just not on that side of town, or you just don't know this group of people. Like, so it's just... Like I said, when he said circus, and I was looking at this circus, I was like, you know, if it wasn't for this podcast, I would have never yes. 
It's at no real. point in time in my life would I have crossed paths with something along those lines. You it's know what a real mean? small niche. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. It's, it's a tight one, but it's it's still art. Uh-huh. I mean, it's oh, not it hard. They practice and work hard just as anyone else. Like I said, when I went to, uh, you know, I did theater in high school. I built sets. I was never on the stage doing stuff, but then I continued that into college. And I was going to community college. There was, there was a circus arts was the class. I wasn't taking it, but a girl I was dating was taking it. Hell so yeah. I would, I would go to it sometimes. Do it for the Because this shit was fun. I'm like, y'all do what? They're like, juggle unicycles, trapeze. And I was like... I'm stopping in on this. I mean, like I said, I, and I even, it's like, I always hear like the term clown college, but I never thought you went to school to be like, well, no, I, I thought it was a thing, but I just never heard of circus. Like, I thought everyone went to clown college, and then they're like, by the way, you can be a genius. Yeah. And what, but you get in your third, fourth year, if you stick with it, I'll just get into the pyrotechnics and the blowing fire, and like, it's. A whole thing. I mean, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's, no, it's, art. it's, it's a whole different. Yeah, it's a whole other style of art. Seems very vaudevillian and silly to us in general, but like, there's it's. Well, like I said, like you think of like circus, and I'm like Cirque Soleil is like the popular. Like that's what mm-hmm. like, I've been to a couple of those shows. My mom loves going to them. Like, it's amazing. But yeah, like I said, these guys are all doing things that you just you can't do on the street you know what I mean uh-huh. no you couldn't pull three guys out of bar and be like can you hold yourself up by one hand and totally spin while holding your front out <laughs> come on it's like, no there's no you know what I mean? there'd be no fucking way like if you rolled a stairwheel out I would love to do that but it probably result in a lot of injuries it's great, right? just like roll that shit out to the alley and as soon as someone talks shit be like get in here yeah. get in yeah. here and, and do Got this you. Yeah. you know what I mean and look, show me what you can do that would be fucking hilarious but like I said it'd probably be a lot of fucking injuries so we'd have to get a lot of waivers signed I mean yeah yeah sign the waiver and then go hurt and yourself and then go hurt, hurt yourself yeah. so I'm cool with that you That's... do that at bars and they don't make you sign shit yeah they just give you the means to hurt yourself well here's some alcohol let's see what happens after <laughs> and then they got the nerve to kick you out when you fuck some shit up <laughs> And you broke all my shit. Like, yeah, well, you, you gave did me the alcohol. So, like, yeah. This was your like idea, and now you're mad. Yeah, you know I mean, like that's. Yeah. I'm very pleasant when I get uh when I've been cut off. Mm. Like every time I've been told, like, that, I get it. Like, yeah. Thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah, like that's... like my buddy Owen when I came in, I was like, I'll have a shot of crown. He's like, I think you've had enough. I was like, you're probably right. And I just walked out and left. <laughs> I came back the next day and he was like, I couldn't fucking believe it. He was like, Yeah, you just you just walked out, you said thanks and you left. And I was like, he's like, that's the nicest interaction I've ever had when cutting somebody off before. I was like, oh. So now you were right. Sometimes that's I need so to be real. told, you know. That's enough. You're right. Let me go let me go home. Sorry. It was up to me, I'd have kept going, but yeah, yeah, I had one other time at the local and the dude was like, he saw me and he was just I could feel it, like he was getting ready for a fight. And he like put his hand on my shoulder and I was like, what's up, bro? And he was like, he's like, I had to cut you off, bro. I was like, all right, that's cool. I was like, let me pay my tab. And he was like, just kind of standing there frozen for a second. Like he took his hand off me all slow. Yeah, and I was so like, yeah, no, there's not going to be any problems. It's, it's, I don't want to, I'm not trying to fight over this shit. I wish you'd cut me off two drinks ago. Yeah, you yeah, right. I was like, this is bullshit. How dare you wait until I'm nice and ready for more to right. say, ah, that's it. Who the hell do you think you are, sir? You done this shit two crowns ago. I could have been home. Hold on. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Who we got at the door? Tone. Somebody. Something like that. 
So yeah, John, on this part of the show that was supposed to happen last time, even though usually I'll be doing it all the way through, uh-huh. start making a beat. And I'm gonna shout out two things real quick. One, FL Studio, I've been using it for a while. Sponsor us. Two, Akai Professional, I'm using Akai Fire, which is perfect for FL Studio. Sponsor us. Anyway, so <laughs> um, <laughs> it usually just goes off the vibe of whatever the show is. I'm thinking something that's like just kind of chill but also like strong kind of like classic New York hip hop but close to like something Wu-Tang-ish but a little more like modern R&B-ish like black or uh, what's another that's a guy but he spells it with a six because I didn't think you that was just went over your head but it's black and what's the other guy maybe some Bryson Teller I was showing John a little bit about like FL and how that works and whatnot. Just gonna make something kind of like chill and funky. And then uh, the next time we have our guest on, we'll be bringing some more people on, but the next time we have a guest that wants to do some music, we can put them on the cook, the what's it called, the recipe book. I think I'm gonna call it recipe. Yeah, book. that's what you said. The recipe. Yeah, book. and that's just gonna be compilations of them and the beats that we make during the show. like you can ride, rap and sing too but also like like I was saying in the uh, in the first episode where it's just like okay we're gonna we're gonna create a canvas that's like whatever I, whatever I'm, I'm gonna throw textures on there so that way like the artist can use that I like how like it's getting to a point where beats are so simple because they're relying on the artist to really paint whatever and since a lot of artists use like the effects that we're most commonly listening to, like the auto tune and stuff like that, it allows them to do a lot more over the song where they don't have to necessarily. Beats like, don't have to be as intricate as they. Hell no! Nah, it's all it's about a more simple sound now. Right. Right. So, I have float you have you ever done beats for other other genres? Have you ever tried like a country beat? I haven't tried a country beat, but I think one of my first, uh, one of the first elements that I was getting into, like, when I first, first started, like, I can remember it, I don't have that beat, maybe I can find it, but, like, I did, like, a house style beat, because it's crazy for me, like, those two, as far as genres, are super related. Like, EDC almost, kind of. Yeah. Okay. It was very, like, but, um... Like, it's just with the melodies and the patterns I was messing around. I just like that pattern. I like the four on the floor because, like, again, that style of music is very energetic. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and you're already yeah, doing... Ecstasy in the 90s. Well, that's right. Yeah, John started bopping yeah, a little bit. He was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm, I'm used to just... Well, make sure I didn't turn it off too much. I'm used to just trying to find, like... 
some type of internal metronome based on whatever style. And that was one of those styles that felt real simple because, again, it's four on the floor. You put one one drum on the first beat and you just let that repeat. And everything, you just build, you can build from the ground up as far as foundation. Uh, but also, like, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you pretty much, you, you're building from foundation. So that means whatever whatever you start with is what's going to be the thing that leads your beat so since I'm starting with the nice. drums think of a guy like uh, Rick Rubin and he had like you know country Grammys and he does the Beastie Boys and Jay Z and then he did like a couple corn beats and I was like yeah yeah, was like, yeah. Dude, he yeah like he's just so I'm just wondering is everyone or is that just like a specific or is this guy just the fucking musical phenom and he's like you know what I'm gonna do a little bit of everything but yeah that's pretty much yeah he likes music, and he's fucking good at it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... Like, like I you said, can think of, like, pretty much any artist's best album, it was... It's it probably, was, he had was, something to do with it. He had a hand in it or something. Yeah. And that's the thing about producers, is, like, sometimes, like, they're really big for a little while, and then everyone just imagines that they fell off or they disappeared. And it's like, no, they're still, they're still, they're still doing shit, music. Man. They're just not, you know I mean? You just... They don't need that praise anymore. That's what I feel right. like happened. They either... They either get the praise and then they go back off and just start to do the music where they can up the praise, or they get the praise and they turn into like a Pharrell or a Kanye West. Where it's like, all right, all right by the way, I rap job. and I can, you know, do a bunch of other stuff too. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, so leave me alone. I'm gonna do what I wanna do. I don't need. Yeah, yeah. So that's, but that's just general direction. I feel like I see with producers. Because mm -hmm. everyone's like, oh, where does so and so go? I'm like, they're still doing music. They're like, they're still out there. Producing the shit you're still listening to, you just don't know what's Well, I was, I was asking that question too, because like I, when I was in college, I wanted to be like a music producer, and I, they were like, "You got to start with music appreciation." And I was like, "All right, I can make sense." And then I went to like that's when I went to my first musical, and I was like, "Oh, this shit's fucking boring." And then like the awesome. next one, they like took us to an opera, and I was like, "I don't want it this bad." I'm like, this. <laughs> I just never followed through. I was like, "You know what?" Like, I was like, "I don't want to make this kind of music." Dude, musicals are amazing. I thought I was gonna be like Timberland and shit. They Lamar. are. Yeah, they really are. Like I, I, I can't I, sit through them. I try. I, try. I think there's there's a musical for everybody. I, my first one was actually not even because I've I've been to plays, but I really want to go and get like that full blown Broadway experience. But my first introduction would have been like Grease. Like those fucking those songs stay with you, bro. Like I mean, yeah, but you're the one that I mean, I guess it is a musical, but I just kind of saw those as movies. And most of the time, those right. are not like movies that I would have seen if it wasn't for like somebody else. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like or, or like for me, it was, it was like sick days in school or like whatever day. Like we had a substitute. They're like, we're gonna watch Grease. I'm like, what the fuck is Grease? And they're like, this thing. And that became like a movie that we just watched when we had nothing to do. And then we saw like West Side Story in Spanish class for some reason. I don't understand. We also watched Selena, which makes sense. Because West Side Story is a little Spanish Harlem. Ah, okay, yeah. Right. So we watched, yeah. But I'm just saying that it's. I wouldn't even have known about them if it wasn't for you know what I mean. Like there just never was something in my house. Where like, all right, get ready. We're gonna watch this movie. <laughs> get ready. <laughs> Everyone, put your coats on. Everybody, <laughs> we're going to see musicals tonight. We're out. <laughs> we're going we to went to like boxing matches. And when I was me, my I mean, dad was again, into wrestling, so you know that's I that's grew where up we were. Long Island. So I mean, I remember that the very first musical I ever went to that I remember was Cats. We were ten minutes late, but I went with my family. I was like eight years old, 
I don't remember loving it or hating it. I remember going. The next thing I remember was sixth grade. Our school trip was going to Broadway and we watched Phantom of the Opera. And I loved that shit. I was 11 or 12 years old and I loved that shit. And I just got into it. I think a part of me always thought they were movies. So I was kind of like, um, when is the movie part so like, well, I don't understand. Where's the screen? Why is this guy <laughs> saying so much? What's, What's going on? <laughs> Musicals for me were like old school Disney movies that had like, you know, like four Some or five songs, songs in, in all of them, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, no, like oh, they, I love this song. That was like, that was our like musical. the whole bro. plot. It's phenomenal. Yeah, no. But I didn't know what it was. I fell in love with it, and that's what I started to do. I got into theater in high school. Again, I just built sets, but I loved the hunt. That's what we would do. We would go into the city, we watch plays. I've seen dozens of plays like I said that's just like it, it depends on that, that that crowd that you split into you yeah. just get so much and you miss a whole other side of things you're like oh what's I have no idea about musicals and, and circuses you know what I mean it's like that's we went I this way everyone was like so I don't know about sports balls yeah yeah well that's where I went you know, that's how I met everyone when I moved around it was like oh you like basketball I like basketball you know, we go cool. play basketball let's you know? go. so I like football I do like football let's go you know like rapping that's that went in that direction you know <laughs> so. right speaking of musicals that actually brings up a good uh, question for me so whether or not you've seen Hamilton the concept of Hamilton a hip hop musical what are your thoughts on that when you first hear that uh, I mean and uh, here's the thing I heard a lot of great things about it but just initially thinking about not even thinking about like thinking about it it just it didn't strike any interest at all that was it like, was fucking it did crazy did not strike any like at first I was like I don't I don't even know who then you throw in oh and it's about the founding fathers and shit it's yeah, just like yeah you know I mean I, like, I was like Hamilton I'm like ah that's that doesn't sound crazy. like me and they're like it's hip hop and I was like that's right I feel like you're trying to trick black people right <laughs> there we go that was the first thought I was like oh, so y'all that's how y'all gonna get us in there <laughs> not, not even then, then I then I listened to the mixtape first because I, I ain't watch it until it showed up on Disney Plus. But then I listened to the mixtape. I really I need to sit down and watch it one day. I just have not. Hell, start with the mixtape. That's what I did. There's just no point in me where I'm just sitting around like I'm gonna get Hamilton. But like, you gotta go. Someone's gonna have to be like Cabinet sitting battles. there <laughs> with fun. me and be like, "Hey, put on Hamilton, check it out." I'm like, "Oh yeah." Yeah, well, I don't think it's just ever gonna pop into my head. On to board just like today, to be able to do it, like probably gonna be like I'm just gonna watch my show. On Netflix. Yeah, no one wants to have to write down. Mm, maybe I should watch this musical. No, nah, it was. It's. I've heard nothing but good things about it's, it. Like it's, everyone it's, from a lot of my friends, it's great. Don't, and it's, it's some amazing. my musicals who are not into that shit. They're like, yo, it's really good for what it was. And I was like, alright, well, I mean, it sounds sounds pretty dope, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I just can't get into musicals. I'm watching like an episode of something and they start singing along. I'm like, alright guys, let's wrap this shit up here. <laughs> you know, the Simpsons and Family Guy has Family Guy's gotten real bad with it now. They just they either break into song or like a chicken Peter fight for like fucking three minutes. I'm like, yeah. Dude, oh, their content has gotten crazier though. I have not watched it in a while. I fell off it's, the bottom. Uh, I haven't either. It's rough. It's kinda like that's what that's what we're on. I feel like everyone's on that shit now, so it's not you know there's no more shock value. I'm not like surprising. Like I've seen South Park a couple times, and I'm like, you guys are mad about Family Guy? I'm watching this shit on South Park. <laughs> right. Crazy. The devil's fucking Hitler and shit. I'm like, what is going on here? You guys are getting upset about this. But shit. a rumor I've heard is the past few years, 
that the dudes that make the show are trying to get canceled because they don't want to do it anymore, but they yeah. don't want to quit. They're under contract. No, they're under contract. Yeah. So they're just trying to make it worse and worse and worse and worse. And I'm like, oh, I should get back to watching this. It. Like, it's got to be fucking That was great. just another one of those things that I, I didn't know about that shit until I was like a full-on adult. Like, I had never seen South Park. The first episode I ever saw was Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pool. So before South Park was ever on TV... My brother, he's five years older than me. He went away to college. And he comes home Christmas break. I think it was his first year of college. It might have been his second. He's got a VHS tape. Some underground shit that's going around. And And that's what it was? It was South Park. Before even the pilot episode for TV. It was just there. And it was the war between Jesus Christ and Santa Claus over the meaning of Christmas. Right, which eventually became an episode in South Park. But this I was about to say, because I felt like I've seen that episode. Yeah, I've no. seen very few, but the ones I see yeah, stick no, out. Yeah, but this was years before that became, that was, it was modeled. It was, and this shit was so funny, and it was so, like, bloody. Some little like, shitty animation, too. And I too, mean, like, Jesus <laughs> and Santa, like, beat the bloody shit out of each other. <laughs> right? Oh, they went in. I That's think I remember crazy that one. watch, just in general. And, and so Jesus it was. And Santa got into a fight. Like, Wait a minute, what? It was maybe I like. I paid two guys to dress like that and just break and out into brawls in the middle of December randomly uptown. It was maybe like <laughs> a few years after that. And all of a sudden the commercials for South Parks are coming on TV. And I said, oh shit. These guys I know made what it. this is. Like, I, I've seen. I've seen the VHS of some Jesus versus Santa shit with these kids. Like, we should watch this. And we watched it for, you know, a couple of years. And I, again, I haven't seen it again in a while. But I know it's still good. It's got to be better now that they're trying to get canceled. Like, well, well, their COVID special was ridiculous. Twice. They did, uh... It was fucking phenomenal, dude. Oh, yeah, I watched the COVID special. The Alex, COVID special like, was made me watch the COVID special. He was very adamant about it. <laughs> he was like, you gotta watch Fucked a pangolin. That shit is, uh... Is it like fucking 14 seasons in or something crazy? Oh, it's gotta be longer than that now. It's gotta be like 23 seasons in or something. Damn. That much South Park. We're talking Simpsons numbers. The Simpsons are Simpsons into their like 35th 30, season. No, it's no, no, higher than that. It might yeah. be close to 40 or something. Yeah, okay. Because yeah, when it. I was like really into it, they were at like they were tw- high 20s, like 28, 29. That had to be like 10 years ago. I mean, when Bird was into it, that was like three years ago. They were at least into 30 seasons, and that was it was on Netflix. So, yeah, you know, they gotta be, you know. I remember when that shit came out. I'm not there. I'm not there yet. <laughs> what was that, like early 80s? I, yeah, I watched the first episode. Nah, it might have been early 90s, late 80s or early 90s. Very late 80s or very early 90s. Yeah, I don't think I was, uh, I was like childhood age, like baby. Like I said, I grew up smack dab in the middle of everything. Like, I got Walkman, CD players, iPads. And shit, even before that, it was like a cartoon short on the Tracy Ullman show. That's what, that's how Family Guy started. It was called Wait Till Your Father Gets Home. <laughs> and he would just come home and be a dick, and then they changed into to an idiot. And then they redid the show. I remember the first episode I saw, it was, uh... And then after that, they were like, fuck it, and they did it again. It was an American wish, Dad. Wished Upon a Jew. <laughs> and I swear to God, it came on two more times and they canceled that shit again. 
I was reading something about South Park today, and this is terrible. But you know, they're Jewish, and there's a lot of Jewish humor. But the brothers Kyle and Ike, if you put it together, is Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Go oh, that shit out. But that's the latest. I never noticed that. That's why they've been on TV <laughs> like, so long. Yeah, man. Very subliminal. Subliminal. Right up under your nose. Okay, You've been saying it for years and didn't realize it. Like, wait a minute. Oh. And nobody knew. That's brilliant. That's, that's why they've been on TV so long. Because they're fucking brilliant. Yo, that is so good, man. A lot of shows. I like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I haven't gotten into it, but it I know never a lot makes of people any love sense. it. Like none of the, there might be like one or two two-part episodes, but other than that, it's just a bunch of random. And I, I feel like that's really what your life would be like if you were just a bunch of drunks that ran a bar, right? Walk around and come up with weird schemes. And Danny DeVito is just always funny. It's my goal in life. <laughs> process this is the I don't know you, you got times where you're like when you're doing a whole meal right and you got several parts to your meal so then you're like say like if, sauce, you, if you got the meat me, going right yeah, now sauce, while you're working on ever. the vegetables and the other stuff yeah that's that's kind of like how this would work because it's just like this is the idea is kind of like marinating because yeah, I could just working on its own right I still while I'm adding more pieces to it then I'll arrange that it that was uh, one of the questions I had from last week is like how do you know when it's done or is it just one of those things that it's you can just, always go know, back and tweak and touch and be like oh I didn't like this anymore and take it out it's like compared to cooking and I'm like when it's done once you tweak it too much, then you fuck it up. You gotta yeah. go back. Yeah. I mean, so that was like, do you get to that point sometimes where you're like, and then you look at it and you're like, all right, this is this is too much. It's an interesting point. It's, I like that. It's very true. something you could sit and do for fucking eight hours and just completely lose track of your day i've done that you know i mean like you started in the morning and you look up and like people are coming home and fucking it's nighttime and you're like wait a minute where'd the day go that kind of shit yeah just carry you through the day whatever you're doing yeah, don't be in your mid your early 20s with no windows huh man or i i remember being like that level of hungry where it would just be like all nighters and you reach the end of the night almost morning and you're just like yeah and then you just go to sleep for like a while, until midday now when uh, it comes to like the selling actually selling beats how how do you approach that situation you know what I mean like do you, you reach out to artists first and send them out little demos or snippets or do you just kind of network and run into people and then collab and then 
But first thing you want to do is you want to get yourself established. Like, because it's more prominent now than it is back in the day. But, like, art uh, producers themselves are just as valuable as the artists. You know what I'm saying? Your Mike Will made it. Yeah, well, your I mean, DJ. Like, as I mean, far as, like, 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 that. getting yourself established. Like, do you throw them out there for, like, ten bucks? Or are you just doing a lot of free stuff? It's a it's a mixture of the both, but at the same time, if you if you feel like you have pristine quality, you can literally just set your price and make your market. Um, but when it comes to artists who are doing more like like upfront hustling, like yo, I got this beat, I sell it to you right now for a hundred dollars because I need quick money right now. Versus like I'm in the mix of doing both things where I'm like, okay. If my beats are valued for such a session, let's say, like, each beat, this beat right here is valued for $250, like, off of it. But, um, since I, as a, I'm still going to be listed as a, uh, as a producer on the paperwork when they put it on whatever platform, I can dwindle the price and up the percentage. I can say, like, if you don't have $250 and give it to you for $75 and then I take, like, 65 on the on the only on the uh publishing rights not on the mechanical rights which are two different things and we'll say that to another episode because i want to pull up information and really yeah, get into it and stuff like that sounds like a lot but, of questions coming yeah yeah, yeah. Know, but i would make song, sure but on the production exactly so yeah, like yeah. I'll, I'll get a higher percentage on that all that means you will have to hustle out hustle harder to get that song played more so that you get some more money into trying to add this 808 let's see just to normalize that but um like i would go through a platform to get it out or i could just literally make a make make it tangible without a platform so like something like soundcloud you would just put your beat on there Mm -hmm. or i could make a visual for it and, and and uh put it on youtube um and just establish like in the bio like hey come holler at me for the beat on such and for such and such it would be okay it's kind of like when i started with edibles <laughs> yeah so if i had to give a whole bunch of it for... i'm trying to keep everything in key that's another thing people don't do enough uh it's like you forget to tune your drums keep your drums in key and that kind of messes up the whole it's like it's the difference between like a recipe that calls for kosher salt versus a recipe that calls for pink Himalayan sea salt like there's a different taste even though they're both salts but you still have to know what's going there back in there. I just wanted to get an 808 in there that kind of made sense. Speaking of 808s, probably my least favorite Kanye album. Get the hell out of here. It did so much for hip-hop. I don't like it. Felt like he was crying the whole time. I know he just lost his mind, but it definitely just felt whiny. Like every song was sadder, but the beat was hot. I'm like, this is weird. How do I feel? Different elements go into making, you know what I mean? Like one, one beat, one sound. 
we start well, watching. All I heard was this. Over here too. What are you doing? I'm sure it's even crazy on that side. Yeah. I'm making every sound and turning it up, turning it down, speeding up tempo. Like I hear it all happening. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, sounds like he's speeding up the drums. All right, he just added another little drum in it. I'm like, damn. There's so many elements. To it. I'm saying I just we just get the finished product most of the time on the radio and I'm like, oh, this ain't hard to do. I did. I sometimes I'll uh, stop just midway to start the arranging. And arranging is literally just me taking one pattern, um, taking the patterns and uh, laying them all out. It's like, like I said, when it comes to getting the textures, I got all the color, the, whatever, the fabrics and the materials, and I got the size of the frame together. Now, well, now arranging, I'm getting the size of the frame together before I lay out the whole canvas and stuff like that. So I just want no drums to come in at first. Then maybe we just come in on. And then drop that out. It's in there, you know that. It's fire. That's a switch man. Yeah. 
that's a good place to uh, to call it. <laughs> that was fun. We're gonna call this one Sourdough and Pumpkin Nickel. Why? Because when I create names for beats, it doesn't really matter. Right? Just whatever comes to me at the time. Sourdough and But seriously, though, thank y'all for checking in with us. Um, you can check us out on Instagram, uh, The Stew Chef Pod. The Stew Chef Pod. Uh, you'll hear more about, um, you know, more things on the episodes, giveaways, stuff like that. Once we get that all established, you know, that's where you can come check us out at. Uh, John, is there any loving last words you want to say to the people? Yeah, it's still on. guys again we'll see y'all in the next episode of the stew chef peace